it's important for me to just to protect just to protect this energy that I have and acknowledge that people are speaking in terms of their lenses more so than they're trying to speak in terms of ours. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast where we dive in on love, lust, relationships, science, philosophy, psychology, all that stuff, because you know what? It intrigues me and it all matters. It all relates. And today I got an awesome guest. He is a mindset coach. He uniquely blends his love for public speaking and deep coaching to help millennial leaders maximize their creativity, access flow state, and experience the freedom of their own self-expression. Gavin Masumia, I am going to bring you back uh, onto stage from backstage. Here, let me see if I can add you there. There we go. Boom. Boom. Shaka it's going to be an awesome, awesome conversation, man. Thank you for coming on the show, bro. Thank you for having me, bro. I'm super excited for this. Absolutely, man. And I want to address the elephant in the room right now. It's, uh, it's 2020. You know, I'm Korean. You're Japanese. You know, our grandparents probably hated the f out of each other. But, That's you know, it's true. amazing how... Uh, you know, we come look how far we come, you know, it's, it's it's amazing. And it's kind of like a metaphor for, you know, kind of what's going on out there. We talked a little bit about it off off air and it's it's crazy the the amount of hatred going on. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know what? It, it's it's all love between you and me. I mean, we connected and we, we feel like, you know, this was just meant to be meant to happen. So, yes. man, I'm excited for this freaking conversation, brother. I am really excited about this too. And you brought when you brought that up, you know, just how the brain works, we associate things really well as humans that I remember kind of like the first time that I've experienced some form of racism or what I can remember like prevalently is in middle school and it was between me and, and other uh, Korean dudes. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that was like my first really experience encountering this sense of like racism where I don't know why they didn't like me. And then, you know, getting a little more into the history, it's just like, oh, that kind of I see, you know, like I could see how that could be projected onto a generation like me because I came from that lineage. But I definitely, <laughs> I definitely felt just like this, this connection right when we connected. I'm like, oh man, you're just like my brother from another mother. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, for sure. And and I love that. You know, we we experience things on on both ends kind of differently, but still, like the, the fact that it's 2020 now, we can come together in like you know the internet. I'm in Canada. You're out in the U.S. and you know, we're doing this live, you know, well, pre-recorded, but I mean, you know, we're able to do this record live and, and it's just like, it's, man, I'm, I'm excited, like just the way the world is headed, even regardless of all the shit that's happening right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a little tarnished and I think in, in or like a chink in the armor, so to say, bad pun right there, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like, a, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's going to be interesting to see the next 10 years. But anyway, let's let's I want to talk about, um, you know, the catalyst for all of what I you know, talked about up there. You know, your mindset coach, you help a bunch of leaders out there and, you know, you you basically show up really, really super powerfully. Um, and I just want to know, like, what was the catalyst to all that? Was it like a bad breakup or like was it like a really bad, tragic event that happened to you? Like what what is it that like? you know, spark this, this thing inside of you that made you want to go this, this route. So there's a lot of, um, I was a, a, a contributing author to this book called Ignite Your Life for Men. And, uh, this, there's a purpose to what I'm about to say right here, but in the book, it was, it was all about illustrating ignite moments in your life. And so for anybody that's listening or watching out there, basically ignite moments are moments in time where you made a decision or a choice that changed the trajectory of your life. So there were, you know, a handful of ignite moments. And one thing that I'll just point out was, you know, I've just got, I wanted to become a psychotherapist. That was my, that was my vision in, when I went to UC Irvine, studied psychology and social behavior, thought a couple years after I would go and get my PsyD, take out a loan and do all that whole thing, you know? Um, and then, you know, as I was interviewing clinical psychologists and, and whatnot, I just didn't get like their, mind you, I know there's personality differences. No of them just seems happy, whether it was my uncle whether it was uh, this other lady that my that my auntie introduced me to, it just seemed like they almost, you know, like that whole saying that psychologists have psychologists, that they just like, I don't wanna be like them at all. And and I didn't like the whole connotation around DSM being that there's a disorder for people. And when a friend one day told me, have you ever thought of being a coach just because the way you, I don't know, the way you 
are, it seems like you're kind of like a natural coach. Uh, and so that's when I tinkered, got into, um, uh, went on YouTube, found Tony Robbins, listened to his TED talk, learned about human needs psychology, the six human needs, and then started applying it to my life, torrented all this stuff, thousands of dollars worth, did all the programs, got me to Japan. And then when I was in Japan, bro, this was the ignite moment where uh, I was just like, I'm going to have this go. You know, I get off around like four or five o'clock from teaching English. I'm going to see if I can just start pro bono coaching people and just see like what's up. And so I ended up coaching a few people from the U.S. Navy since I lived in Yokosuka. And then this dude uh, from the United States, which is sat, uh, which would be Saturday morning for him, but but uh, like Saturday evening for him. And I like fell in love, man. And so I would sacrifice all my Friday evenings when I could be drinking and doing all these other things so I can be ready for Saturday. And I was doing it for free and it was making an impact in my life. I felt like I was good at it. I don't know why I was good at it. Uh, and I fell in love and I'm like, man, if I could do this for free, bro, and I can make a difference like this, what if, you know, I actually had people have skin in the game and this could be a part of my livelihood. And that's where it started, it started in Japan when I was teaching English and I just started to explore it and coach people in the US Navy and people back in the US for free. Damn, that's crazy. I'm curious, man, like usually Asian parents, right? And of course, like, you know, Japanese has this culture really instilled into them about, you know, perfection and being the best that you can be and all that and stuff. Um, did they despise you going this route? Like, you know, you would, or you're, you're, did you ever talk to them about, you know, your career path and were they ever like not supportive of you just curious because you know this this could help some uh, somebody yeah that. i well no i think that like you know what it was like i'm a fourth generation japanese american so i'm probably one of the most integrated at japanese americans are one of the most integrated in america versus other asian cultures right due to the war and all these other things um but my parents they were um it's kind of like this unspoken thing but uh, uh where I just um, decided that this is what I was going to do, and um, it was almost like this non-negotiable. Non I knew that this is what I wanted to do. So I ended up I remember like having a, a talk with them, like, "Hey, this is my choice." I took them out to eat, dude, and I just said, "Hey, this is what I'm going to do, and um, I don't need your advice. I don't need. Um, I'm not asking for any of those things. It's just like this. Is, I just want to let you know that this is. I'm going to become a coach. You know, like." And I just remember that was at this place called Nichols, right in Marina Del Rey, near where my parents live. And that was kind of it, you know? And it was just, it's, it turned into this unspoken thing, you know, where it's just like, oh, okay. And then we didn't really talk about it. But, you know, uh, now things just gotten more open up. They kind of just see like the, the things that I'm doing within Flowmasters. And when I shared some of the testimonials and the people that I've worked with, my mom kind of got touched like, you found, mm. you found something, you know, but it started off as this unspoken thing, right? Which just, yeah. it weren't, they weren't against it. It was just whatever it was. They probably were just surprised as, as hell. And, um, but like, I think it's, it is, I do empathize with people that have families who, where they're like, have a dis, dis disdain it or like, this is not stable, right? My dad had come from that place. So he would, he would poke those things like, how are you going to make this man? How this is going to work? <laughs> Uh, and so it, it's not, and it's out of love. It's like a fear-based, it's fear-based love. You know what I mean? And Absolutely, it's concern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So fear-based love is still love. Um, and it's just coming from a place where like, uh, it's important for me to just to protect, just to protect this energy that I have and acknowledge that people are speaking in terms of their lenses more so than they're trying to speak in terms of ours. Yeah, man, um, I can definitely attest to that because like, you know, there's times at moments where you would want or our parents would want to instill their values on us. And, you know, and I would co constantly comply as a, as a young child, I'm saying, or as an adolescent growing up, you would constantly comply and comply and comply. And then finally, when you finally are like, no, mom, no, dad, I'm going to do my own thing. Right. It's like it's setting those boundaries. And, you know, I think parents nowadays are starting to kind of get it. They're starting to realize, like, you know, there's more out there than what they had when they grew up and so but they're just confused now like i remember telling my parents about you know the the direction that i was gonna head and they're just like right, right. I, I have no idea what you're talking about son but you know whatever if it's gonna make you happy you know like you go do that right um yes. I'll support you, so. but it wasn't it wasn't always like that it was always you know growing up as in the asian household for me it was always about like you know go to school get a good job you know, get married, have kids, that kind of thing. So yeah, curious, did they ever like, did they ever still like pressure you about like, hey, Gavin, it's like, you know, you're in your 30s now, man, you know, like, 
where where's the where's the marriage at where's the kids at like you know where's the grandbabies like do they ever pressure you for that or? Not, no not really for the not really for the kids you know actually which i'm really grateful for um i kind of just like went to the beat for i i'm not just i don't i don't think in terms of of where where i am with regards to family and like kids i'm, I'm single you know what i mean i'm not i don't have kids or anything a lot of my friends actually do but i'm not even on bro i'm not even on their timeline do you know <laughs> and i just it's just like this is my life and i'm here to consciously design my life so what does my life have to do with theirs and that th this doesn't generalize it's not necessary that i think about this in all areas of my life but when it comes to like marriage and stuff it's like yo that's a sacred thing i'm not gonna rush into anything or any of these kinds of things so right. like for me i'm like I'm grateful my parents like kind of just, if they're thinking about it, they're keeping it in their head. <laughs> they're talking about it behind closed doors, but sometimes my dad will poke at me and just be like, so have you met anybody yet? And you know, they'll just do these little slight pokes. But other than that, you know, my parents have been really just uh, um, unspokenly supportive, if you want to call it that. <laughs> They just don't really, I don't say much about it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just, yeah, I just do my, I'm just going to do my damn thing then. <laughs> no, that, that's still dope though. I mean, it sounds like your parents are really sage. Like there's some sage parents, man. And, um, you know, kudos to them for, for raising such an awesome dude. Um, I want to dive in, man. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk to you about. Cause you know, you, you have a lot of different things going on and good things, all good things. And, um, you know, there's so many areas that you could, I guess, share your expertise with. And, you know, one of those things we talked about is mindset, right? Like how to set habits and things like that. Um, why do you, in your opinion, think that's the most, one of the most important things for people to kind of master before they even jump into, you know, whatever careers or whatever opportunities that are being presented to them? Well, yeah, I think that when it comes to uh, mindset, right, it's kind of like the view with which you see the world from. I mean, that if you just if we just think about it that, like a metaphor, like these are the glasses that we're wearing in the world, like literally the glasses and if the glasses are coming from being a wounded child growing up. Whenever something big happens or like a, a, an opportunity comes through where someone's getting close to you, but then you're reminded of a, of a, a fam, a, your divorced parents and how they ran away and you don't want to put yourself in a position to be abandoned again. It's like that record is a part of your mindset that is tainting and making a big executive decisions on how you're going about relationships, which is a big part of life. And so um, mindset is is nobody else would really see it but you. And so it requires a deep sense of really going inside to look at the tolerations that you're like, what are you tolerating? You know, um, like, what are you, what have you been really putting off and why, you know, what are you really afraid of and going really deep into those things? And what the fuck do you want? Mm. You know, what values do you want to live from and asking these really deep questions and really sitting with those questions, you know, like, what values do you really value? What do you really value? And what values are you really living into? Because they might be different. That's the difference that I coach people on aspirational versus actual values, because they're not always the same. We like to hold and try to think about an ideal. Oh, I value gratitude. Do you? Or are you complaining a lot? Like, you can value something and say it's important, but really on a scale from one to 10, scaling questions are really great, everybody, in really quantifying subjective experiences. So you can just say like on a, on a scale, at the end of the day, on a scale from one to 10, like how connected was I, did I feel? And I would even say in a world where five doesn't exist, because there's a saying that goes that I love, is like the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifferent. You know? mm -hmm. And if you're not, if you're, if you're not gonna take a stand for something, you're just gonna be different. Like, oh, it's all good, we all good, like this and that. I, I, I always say to my clients and prospects, like five doesn't exist. You, you pick a side, pick a side. You're either four or six then, because it allows you to discern, which is actually one of, uh, one of the key traits when it comes to leadership in corporate is, is ability to discern, which is the ability to make um, effective decisions quickly and to stand by it, you know, and to make shift if needed, but discernment, when there's no five, it requires a level of discernment. Sometimes, depending on the person, seven can also be a cop-out one, where it's kind of like a little high enough, but not high. So it's like where five and seven doesn't exist. You got one, two, three, four, six, eight, ten. Where are you at? You know, and um, I love that. And one more other thing, Robin, is that, you know, there's there's also a tendency to be like, if oh, so if you say you're at a six, a six in your career satisfaction, it's like, okay, all right. So... 
even if we're going to play up to the next tier, what would a seven look like? And the reason why I like that is because there's a tendency to be like to go from four to 10, you know, from zero to 60 in 3.5 seconds. And it's like, yeah. let's, let's set up like what James Clear calls atomic habits. It's not the sexiest thing, but what would a seven look like? And that requires discernment. That's one point and it's subjective. My six to seven may look different than Robin's, you know? But if you look at what would a six and a, what a six look like, what is so, then what would a seven look like? We, you, we start to develop a little nuances. Okay, what about an eight now? You don't have to jump to a 10 right now. Let's just get to this next frontier. What would that look like? Um, and I, that's, I love using scaling questions and moving up um, like really sequentially just to practice discernment. For sure, yeah, that, that's definitely um, big. And it's a, it's a great way to measure subjectivity because I mean, when I was doing my therapy work and you know having going in to see a psychotherapist every single time, um, they would have to rank me. They would have to ask me like, what, what are you feeling today? How do you feel from you know your last session and what what has changed? Rank yourself from a number. And we would talk about those numbers, just like how you kind of broke it down there. And it's, it's absolutely powerful in the mind of the person that's trying to do the work because mm. they can rank things in their mind now, right? Like you said, understand the nuances. Yes. So it's super big, bro. Um, thank you for talking about that. Um, and and shout out to James Clear. I love that book, man, Atomic Habits. Uh, oh, man, James I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, for anybody that's interested in the book, it's a great adjunct to Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit. I actually like Atomic mm -hmm. Habits a lot more. I think it's more it's, uh, more practical. But one practical thing from the book, the biggest thing I took away is that when it comes to building a habit, everyone, um, according to his research and in my experience, frequency is way more important than duration. So, you know, essentially it's just like it's better if you want it to turn into a habit, right? which is now something that's as lived, which Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton uh, has mentioned that habits are essentially when your body understands faster than your mind does, where you don't have to go into the analytical mind, almost like you train your nervous system to perform a certain activity at a certain time um, uh, consistently. It's fr frequency. So frequency looks like meditating 30 seconds a day, every day versus meditating two hours one time a week. The 30 yeah. seconds a day it will, will turn it into a habit faster than three hours one time a week. Boom. Yeah, I love that. That's big. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about um, flow masters because this is kind of cool that you 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 do this. But you know, talk before we talk about like what it actually is. Like, what was the idea behind it, and why? And like, I know you coach men and and things like of that yeah. nature. But you know, what was the, well? Actually, you know what? I had yeah. a question before. I don't know if you could answer this, but you know, it was regard it was regarding mindset actually. So before okay. we jump into Sorry, everybody. Okay, no, before yes. we jump to the follow-up part yeah. of this, uh, I had a question about the mindset. And yes, um, when you talk with more what, what, like clients or prospect prospective clients, um, what is it about the mindset part that these guys are having struggle with? Because like when you when we when we as coaches talk about it, you know, the mindset thing is like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. You know, for, but for the average guy coming in, there's there's usually a set of struggles, or maybe I guess something that's more common or something that they struggle with more frequently and what is that uh or what is it, what are they being presented to you when when they come through the door well uh essentially it could be different situations they're they're not where they want to be whether it's in their career they're not want to they're uh they, they want to kind of like do their, they want to do their own thing and find a way on how they can turn something that they enjoy and make more time for it. Some people don't even want to monetize it more. They just want to have structures so they can put out a book like one of my clients now who's put out his, this amazing book um, just recently. Um, and so usually they just say like, I, I don't where, I don't know where I want to be. And a big one is just like, I want to be more focused so I can go towards, towards uh, that better career path. You know, where I can have more fo focus towards um, standing up for myself, man. So I'd say like the hidden things underneath it is they're, they're feeling like kind of they're lacking a sense of power as far as boundaries that they're setting. This, these are the unspoken things, right? Mm -hmm. they, in fact, they're not being boundaries. Uh, there might be a little bit of, of victim energy of, of diffusing responsibility. Like I can't do this because of that. Um, mm -hmm. And then another thing too, these are hidden ones that I kind of peel out is there's a lot of go, go, go. And so from that, it's hard to, I see this a lot with Asian Americans too, just to kind of like acknowledge our wins or the road that we have traveled. 
And so there's, so if there's not an acknowledgement of the road traveled, it becomes this mouse wheel where of course you're not going to feel like wherever you're at is not enough. Mm -hmm. Right. Because whether yeah. you have coming from tiger parents or whatnot, where it's like, that's the golden rule. The golden rule is not even treat others the way you want to treat. The golden rule is like, you have to, you have to just work hard and keep on going, keep on going. And, and then there's no way of like, just being like, wow, I've done a lot. You know, wow, there's so much. So that's one of the things that I usually always do at some, at most of the sessions is some form. I always start with the centering exercise. I teach them box breathing because probably like half the clients, people that I've worked with, they don't have a meditation practice about breathing. So I educate them around box breathing um, and then how what's good, how, how it works in the body, how it triggers more of the sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system, all that kind of stuff, and how it really helps to promote a deeper sense of relaxation. Da, 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 da. But then after, mm -hmm. usually it's around like, What's one thing you want to, what's one win that you got that you did that happened this week? You know, think about that. And usually I'll prime that as a part of the visualization inside of the, the uh, box breathing to, to further experience it, engage the senses. And then uh, I use breath in all of my coaching. So I'm like, breathe into that. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a pat on, like literally give yourself a pat on the back for that. Like that was awesome. You just did something brand new right there. Brand new. <sighs> and then, you know, I'll ask them, like, how was that? Some people are like, you know, I couldn't really feel it that much. I'm like, good, it's okay, you know? But at least you're, you're giving yourself that space to wonder about what that could look like to actually feel that more because that's where we start to break the cycle to feel like you have to do more to prove yourself worth. Mm -hmm. Right? Freaking, freaking love that, bro. And, yeah. you know, for those of you guys who don't know what box breathing is, it's, it's, it's a tactic that the, the Navy SEALs would use when they're in, uh, you know, training, basic training, and then basic SEAL training. And then also, uh, you know, it's based off of, uh, you know, like, well, Wim Hof, I think they braced it off of the, the box breathing technique where, and for those who don't know what the parasympathetic sympathetic, um, reaction is, it's the fight or flight response. So basically, when you get cold, you, you freak out and you think you're going to die. That's why they say cold plunges are, are good for you, right? So it shakes you it shakes you out of that um, that whole idea that you're gonna die and you want to run away. Which what this is why like you know mindset is so important because a lot of people when they experience something like that they actually shy away from the very thing that's gonna make them you know catapult into the next you know atmosphere that they're trying to get to. So it's um, so true, bro. Uh, and you know, like one thing that I wanted to actually entertain this because I did this in my Insta story yesterday. It was just, or inside of a flow master session where I just started flowing about it was like this whole notion of freedom and will. And then it, I kind of like posed inside of the flow, like, do we really have freedom of will if a lot of our, the decisions that we make is based on subconscious conditioning, you know? And if they're the blind spots that we don't know what we don't know kind of thing, it, uh, is that really freedom of will? <laughs> if we're not <laughs> to, to really look inside to just see our, like, what are some of these conditions? And especially now for everyone, I, it's a very triggering time. And I've been cooped up inside of my place in LA. So I've noticed myself, I'm a lot more passionate because I'm a, I'm a, I'm connected to my higher purpose now. And I'm also, I'm in this crazy eight of passion to frustration. I don't experience much sadness now, but I'm, they're both fiery emotions. Like I'm passionate. I want to do this in the computer 16 hours. And then I get frustrated, you know, and then it's just like this and it's really tiring actually, cause it's such a fiery uh, thing. And um, with that, there's a lot of triggers that come up. And I, what I say is that these triggers for me personally, to make it personal, like they, they really rarely have anything much to do with this moment as much as something from the past that, that, where I made a choice or I formed belief around it. And now it's just primed inside of my body. So just know like a really interesting thing is that if you notice yourself getting triggered today or moving forward through everything that's happening, whether it's the protest or this or that, it's kind of like looking in, what am I really upset about? What is it about this situation that really has me triggered? And then if whatever comes up, ask again, what is it about that? And it's something that Dean Graciosi, in a way, he does. Um, he has millionaire success habits. You know, he's doing real estate. He has partnerships with Tony Robbins right now with this online program. He does something called the seven levels of why, which is really powerful. And it's just asking yourself, like, whatever you, you want or whatever you're bumping up against. Like, let's just say, like, what do you really want? Oh, I want to start a coaching business. Why do you want to start a coaching business? Because I want to make a difference in people's lives. Why is that important to you to make a difference in people's lives? because um, it would be a fulfilling life. 
why is it important for you to live a fulfilling life? A lot of people in the world, they don't. Why is it important? Um, because I don't want people to, because I, I want people to feel like they actually have choice. Why is it important for people to feel like they have choice? Because growing up, I felt like I didn't have choice. I grew up starting a year late. You know, I thought I was stupider than everybody in the classroom. I wanted to, I and I wanted to express myself, but I didn't have the wherewithal and the self-esteem to do that. So I would just shut the fuck up and curl up in my own little carpet square in the classroom as this little shy Asian boy that thought that he was inferior to everybody else. And so like now with the thanks of people like Ariana and people like, I realized that I do have value, that I do have a voice and I want people to feel like they do too, you know? and. You know how many times I said something like that? Probably like 150, 200 times. But it still gets <laughs> me, right? Because it it tugs at that little boy inside of me that's like, it usually gets personal. When you get to that seventh level of why, that seventh level, it's something personal because I remember when da, 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 da. And when you can yeah. get to that and it pierces this part of your story where you're like, so I never want to have that again. Whether it's somebody that's overcome, it's, it's in a 12-step program and he, they want to help people in sobriety and stuff like that. It's like, because I remember being in the dumb school, I wanted to kill myself and I was going through withdrawals and I was, everything around me was fucked up. It's like, they're that, that right there, that pain turned into a passion, bro. And so for anybody else that's listening over that, if for any pains or the hardships or so-called these traumas, like we can actually turn it, like my former coach said, into post-traumatic growth. You know, and that our pains can transform into purpose and passion. So, yo, that's big, man, and that's deep. And thank you for going there because, like, not only does does awaken the, the little boy inside of me too, right? It doesn't get it gets me pumped up, right? It gets me saying like, man, dude, that's some deep ass shit, and that's me saying like, fuck, I went through some deep ass shit too, mm -hmm. and that's the mindset that I got to bring. You know, that that mindset that you just brought to your life, but, yeah. and I really wish. Sorry, I just want to say one thing. I, I really wish that some some men out there, you know, who because you mentioned a little bit about your addiction and then having gone through like suicidal thoughts, man. Oh, I yeah. lost the I lost the best friend um, to suicide because of you know I guess I would I would I would argue that it's drug addiction, um, but you know like we the, the the thing is though in those moments of despair, not many people have the ability to bring themselves out of that. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I, I can't thank you enough for, for for doing that because you know that that now is now such a big lesson for everybody out here. Um so that's that's big, bro. Uh, thank you, thank for, you for that. that. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, that was from a previous conversation where like I had a period during college when I was addicted to Xanax and um i i would drink and smoke a lot and i would just do this clusterfuck of different drugs to run away from romantic relationship that i had no business being a part of and i used it as a numbing agent because i didn't want to hurt the person's feelings when i went into the relationship knowing that it wasn't it just wasn't going to work we had fundamental differences um and i wanted to try to change fundamental aspects of the person and rather than address the elephant in the room um, i used drugs as a way to cope with it and so you know, that's that's where I started for the first time in my life in third year of college. I remember looking up at my ceiling and thinking like, you fucking coward, you know? Fuck you, you know, like you're better off, like not even not being here, you don't even have the courage and you're just bringing her deeper into a hole. You're fucking up your whole body. You haven't been to the gym in like four months and you're just snorting these lines every day and you don't even remember what happened yesterday. Um, And that's, there was, and I it was the hardest withdrawals of my life, you know, Xanax, I it's 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 a crazy drug man especially when you get it to the point where you're snorting it and i never had is a, it a, is it an opiate? Is yeah it an opiate? yeah it's an anti-anxiety medication so people that have generalized anxiety disorder they use it and it really just i mean it's it and it's extremely addicting it's extremely addicting um especially it's one of the it's one of the most dangerous drugs no, it's one of the most dangerous drugs when you mix with alcohol. Like I've never, like I've done cocaine, like, you know, uh, I've done like sort of Vicodin's Percocets and stuff like that. But like Xanax, it, does, it has this way of like, when you mix with alcohol at a certain point, you, you, you just, you black out, but you don't pass out, you know, like you're just, you're still there. And I would just get stories about, you know what you said to that girl? Like, do you know what you did? Like, and I would just like, start yelling at people like I and from my occurrence of what people had said to me I'm like wow I was so apathetic like I had no feeling um when I was saying those things I'm like what how did I say that 
So it was just a big wake up call. And what changed my, what changed it for me was at a Dodger game, you know, when I was going through heavy withdrawals and, and I, I it was the last line I, I snorted before going to the Dodger game with three of my friends and I couldn't focus on the game at all, man. I was between, we were between home and first base, perfect right in the front seats. And I don't remember any of it. I was on my phone the whole time, jittery, drinking beer, trying to find out where I can get my, my Zanny bar, as we call it. Uh, mm. And that moment oh. was very defining, bro, because it was like, I realized, I don't know what it happens, but there's certain moments where like a higher thing comes up and nobody would be able to see it if there's a fly just looking at me. They wouldn't know. I'd probably be, it was just like this. But inside there was this voice that just said, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, you're running away from a relationship. You know what you got to do. You just have to end it. Your one year's, your one year anniversary is coming up and you don't want to drag this on. And, um, and don't use this as a coping mechanism to run away from not knowing what you want to do in life yet. It's okay, bro. But you need to stop Xanax and you need to break up with her. Um, and then a couple of days ago after I, oh, and so those were my two promises that I said. Um, and I vouched, I haven't done Xanax since that was like 11, 12 years ago. But the, the turning point for me was my dad recommended a book called Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. And that changed my life, man, that uh, I was receptive. I got asked before to, to read it, but I just wasn't in that space. And just in that vulnerable space of leaving the relationship, feeling guilty, withdrawals, I was just like, fuck it. Let me just read this book. And when I read it, man, that's when I learned about just the present moment, like which is now a, a such a intellectually understood concept, maybe not really understood concept in, in, internally that I go on and off of. But that whole notion was brand new to me. So I was like, whoa, what we have is now creativity happens in the now. Um, and that's when I first started meditating in 2009. And I strongly believe that meditation, even though it was an on and off thing for the past 12 years, was one of the activities or the things that I integrated into my life that kept me off of Xanax. Fuck, that's crazy story, bro. Um, I'm glad you made it on the other side, man. Um, I've had some struggles with drug addiction and 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 things like that, uh, but nothing to that to that extent. So I'm glad you made it out. I never fucked with prescriptions. I'd always be like a weed, you know, mm -hmm. cigarette, uh, weed, drinking alcohol kind of guy, you know, ecstasy, that kind of shit. Ketamine, yeah, and you know the. The thing that made me more a lot guilty too, because I was a part of a fraternity and I introduced that drug into the fraternity and like it was just and I kind of was just little one that brought it into to these to these young dudes, you know? And um I'm glad that I don't think anybody lost a life, you know, like through it. And we we could have, dude, because I got pulled over so many times, bro. Like, I mean, just I don't man, it's crazy, dude. But I'm glad that everybody like it didn't, you know, cause crazy repercussions to anybody because that's why I felt a lot of guilt too. I'm like, damn, I just brought this shit into a whole bunch of young cats' lives, man. But yeah, man. Fuck, man. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Um, I have you know stories for days about that, but you know, we will save those for off air. Um, you know, <laughs> when, I get, when I come to LA or something, we go chill for for a little yeah. beer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let, now let's get into the flow masters. Yeah, like, yeah. You, know, you, have, you have this thing going on. It's uh, you said it's a ninety day group program, uh, but it, actually, sorry, that's something else. That's yeah, that's, take that's something else. Sorry. Correct. Well, the flow masters is something you co-founded, and it's a, a creative collaboration. Yes. Uh, for raw self-expression. So let's talk about that. Um, and then we'll get into uh, the 90 day group program after. So let's talk about Flowmasters. What was the thought process behind that? And, you know, where where was the, the reasoning of why you needed to bring this into? Concern? Yes, absolutely, man. Um, let's, let's see how concise I can get with this. It started inside of Toastmasters. Um, I'm very passionate about public speaking. So my journey started like five years, six years ago in Toastmasters, I was a model speaker for one of the contests. And then one of the evaluators came up to me afterwards, his name's Michael. And he just said like, that was such a dope speech on gratitude, bro. Like, yo, that was really cool. And so basically just started a friendship, like, yo, let's mastermind. We ended up waking, meeting up at 5 a.m. We started off 5 a.m. and we read Think and Grow Rich together. <laughs> we would read a chapter <laughs> a week and we'd come together, talk about it and stuff. And then we would like, explore meditation together. We read nonviolent communication together. We was like, so we created this little book club mastermind thing in the mornings before we went to work. Uh, and then 
we later found out that we both like freestyling and we were just closet freestylers. So we just started like coming together to freestyle too at certain segments. And then we eventually just started enrolling a few friends into it. And it was just uh, amazing because we have this background of, of as, a, as coaches, like we just have this coaching mindset where we want to understand why people are doing why people self-sabotage or try to find help people to reveal their blind spots we brought a friend over who's been rapping for 40 years and we were just asked questions to dissect what's going through his mind as he's freestyling because i'm like that was so cool how'd you do that or you know what i noticed you you did you know and then he's starting to discover more about himself that it's just second nature to him so it makes him more powerful as a coach because now he can teach what he's doing for other people because we revealed a blind spot for him and it, it inspired him in a way to to go on his first cleanse in his life and i'm like what in the freestyle session inspires someone to think about their health more and it you know it's since then since we were like dude what is this it inspires it's inspiring like all of us to start to meditate more to to take on better habits and i'm like mm, there's a transference of flow where the flow inside of freestyle carries over man and um Eventually we went, We, uh, my friend Michael was just like, yo, let's just do something at Dockweiler Beach, which is a beach nearby, the only place where you can do legal bonfires on the beach. And we went there, dude, it was windy. It was like, uh, planes were going by, it fucking, we didn't have a bonfire. It was just a, in a way it was just disastrous too. <laughs> but so a, few, <laughs> a few people came out and then some people still found value in it, bro. And so even in disaster kind of things, it was like, uh, that was something that just, uh, uh, stuck with me i'm like there's still there's something here man there's something here and it actually inspired my friend who created something known as a creative gathering after that and he created the whole concept of this thing called a creative gathering based off of one flow master session and so that's where we actually got the plug where he's like yo bring flow masters into this we did and that's where just things started to open up more and then I got a partnership with the guy who owned the venue where the creative gathering was at, and he let us use it for free. And then COVID-19 hit, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But like every time, dude, it inspires people to like, never thought themselves as poets, they start writing poetry. Um, it inspires someone to write a song and she never saw herself as an artist. Um, it inspired this guy to, to post a jujitsu video as a purple belt. And he was afraid this whole time because he looked around that everybody that posted videos in jujitsu were black belts. And he felt like he had to be at a certain thing in order to post it when he knew that choke hold that he wanted to do. And so these seem like they're small things, but I actually think they're really huge because when people can find creative outlets for themselves, I strongly believe that our ability to creatively express ourselves in, in life, whether it's like create creatively expressing ourselves through how we're going to tend to our kids or, or, or to in work, that is a big part of fulfillment when we can feel like we can creatively express ourselves. And so I, um, that's, that's kind of like where I'm like, okay, even though I didn't know how it was going to work virtually when COVID-19 hit, I'm like, I have to find a way to bring this in more. And seriously, it's grown so much faster inside of this virtual realm more. I think part of it's because yeah. people are at home and uh, they can feel safe inside of their environment. Whereas they go to the mid city art house, they're like, what, this is kind of weird in this warehouse and I don't know these people. So it gives a little extra comfort. And as long as they have good Wi-Fi, some headphones and we can hear them, um, I found a way to, to kind of like hold the space, which is so cool, bro. But it started inside of Toastmasters, hence Flowmasters, yeah. yeah. That's that's an awesome awesome story. That's like a candy candy wrapper or candy bar and a gum wrapper story right there. <laughs> oh, well said. Um, that's dope because like I think the whole right thing. I think entrepreneurs are generally right brain. They um, and this this satisfies both of the people. Um, I'm just saying, but entrepreneurs in general, they they are right brain. They're more creative. They they would love and they would generally gravitate to something like this. For my left brain people who are like, you yeah, know, constantly, you know, they they need this too. Yeah, um, bro. Yeah, they spend way too much probably way too much time in their jobs at home at yeah. work. You know, doing this left brain stuff, and they're just like, come on, where's you know, where's the fun in that, man? You don't want to be this rigid dude, right? Yeah, so that's actually been kind of like, I think a good problem so far, because I've I've brought, I've done sessions with any people from literally eight years old to 65 years old, man, you know, across all races. And um, I haven't really, I mean, I, I kind of found like, it, it really appeals to, for some reason, Asian American men are starting to gravitate more. And I think it's just because of the plugs with certain networks I'm a part of that I'm sharing it more, um, mm -hmm. but it's, like just uh 
was it yes two days ago i did it with uh i did a flow match session with two teams in, at a company and they were just a they're a bunch of software engineers like they're pretty left brain bro and then yeah. dude it was so valuable man it's so fun and so i'm it's like the, the 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 high quality problem is just like yo like people are kind of just feeling this i don't know like who it, it's not very clear to me yet like who who else should focus on yet <laughs> You know, it's like for these these mid fifty white women, bro, are found value in it. When I did it on last uh, two Mondays ago, and I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, I, have, I guess I have a choice now. Um, but it's it's a really cool thing. Why I touched on something where I realized something, Robin. Where do you like to be called that, bro? Or is there do you have like a nickname or something? Hey man, I I always tell people whatever you know whatever you, you gravitate towards my real name is robin i introduced myself to people as rob um but rob okay yeah, cool whatever I, some people still call me robin though yeah whatever rob yeah. Rob. <laughs> robin hood still in the hearts of people all right yeah. uh, <laughs> but actually i gotta i got out of the floor right there i, I know if you want to leave with another question actually i forgot what i was about to share just right there no 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 for sure no i was just, just gonna say that's beautiful like how it, it, it combines both worlds like i'm sure like a lot of left brain people like you said like it, it gravitate towards this kind of stuff and you know maybe those white girls had a little asian fever who knows but, <laughs> uh, you know I, I think when when this gets dialed in um i i think when it gets dialed in you know it's gonna be really really you know like it's gonna be a, a nice little thing for you to bring in uh, some attention and some uh you know some some traffic on on the things that you're doing so uh that's freaking awesome man and you know who knows maybe i'll make an appearance in in one of these oh yeah you know, show, I don't know, yeah. show off my freestyling skills but uh and and just to, just fyi it's, it's it's at a it's at a four um we were talking about skills right subjectivity right so like uh, my, my freestyling skills are probably at a four um i don't know what a six looks like yet but you know Gavin, <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that yeah. um, um so but this is a perfect thing that I do want to add a, a little bit into this part where, you know, pe some people that that strays people away from partaking in it because of the word flow. Um, and the way that I kind of promoted in the beginning was when personal development meets freestyle rapping. And I think that second part of freestyle rapping can stray a lot of people away. For one, they're like, I don't I'm not a rapper. I can't do that. Another thing is that like, oh, this is stupid. Like, I don't listen to hip hop anyways. And so I want to just let people know like Flowmasters what it's not, you know, it's not about it is not about rhyming. It's it's not about being the dope rapper or comparing yourself to the other people you might hear on the radio, indie rappers. It's really not about comparing yourself to anybody else for that matter. What the Flowmasters is about is that when you're in the circle or in the Zoom space right now uh, with us and you just share yourself, which means that you just share about, hey, this is what I care about. This is what I love. This is what I'm bumping up against right now, you know? Um, this is what's triggering me, the, the shit out of me right now with everything that's going on um, with George Floyd and I'm really mad. Uh, this is what I really want. I really want to go out and do my own thing, but I'm scared because I don't know how the climate's gonna be like. And um, I just, a lot of uncertainty. And you just express all that stuff, like it never has to rhyme, you know? It never has to even like have, a, 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 have the rhythm to the beat because it's a part of your truth. And your truth will really pluck at the first strings of the people that really need to hear it. And I think one of the bigger uh, lessons underneath it, it goes to show that uh, your story's enough and your story is a contribution and you don't have to convolute it. You don't have to try to doll it up to make it seem like it's better than it's not or even worse than it is. Like when you just express, this is what I'm going through. It has a way of touching on the human fabric and that human fabric of, yeah, uh, I encounter, it's almost like this thing where you share it and it's like, you're a human. Oh, me too. You know, and it's like, oh yeah, experience disappointments. I know what it's like to have joy and to to experience heartbreak. And and even if I've never been uh, a divorce, divorce before, like I can feel the, the underpinning of that pain for a loss in my own way, right? And so it's like, I can still relate in my own way to take something of value that I see from somebody that's, going through some tough time in a divorce in the sense that like shame or like wishing things da, 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 da. like it's just and that's what Flowmasters does it touches on that human fabric amidst the different circumstances we have there's something underneath it that that can connect everybody in a way so I love yeah. that Oh. You, you just reminded me of a, a reason why I do podcasting actually is because I you know low-key do that for myself too you know low-key I try to 
take some value from every conversation that I get from you know other people and their experiences. Um, whether I know what you went through specifically or not, yeah. there's just some areas in my life where I can be like, you know what, it's sort of similar. I don't know fully to the extent of what you went through, but I, I feel that, bro. Like I, you know, and it's and it's 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 such a powerful place to be in, man, for sure. Yeah, and you um, know what's crazy about that, bro? Too, most people don't wouldn't even probably know that. Do you know? Like I shared it with my parents. You know, like later on, just like mm -hmm. there's a dark period in third year, you know, of college where I had suicidal thoughts, and like, I uh, it was it, it just goes to show how a lot of this reality is is really here. It's inside. It, I'm pointing this for lack of a better area, but it's like, it's all inside this thing. Like all these things, like I'm better off not living and things. Yeah. You could have saw me on, and I'm like, <sniffs> but like really all these thoughts of like, you should kill on all these different things are inside of this. Like nobody else heard it. I never said to somebody, Hey bro, I want to kill myself. Or I had this thought I kept it to myself, but that's the important mindset is because we're running this dialogue inside of our minds this or this monologue like throughout the day. Like we're talking to ourselves throughout the day. Like think about that, like a space right here, everyone. Like, do you hear a little voice inside your head? Like, uh, that was weird. Like, why is this silent? Like, da -da -da -da. we're talking to ourselves all the time without even knowing it. And I'm like, that's why I'm so passionate about mindset. And look at this, bro. This shit, bro. This is all from Carol Dweck's growth mindset, right? The difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. I have it on my fucking wall, dude, just to remind myself, like, just yeah. like, where am I at? Am I, am I in a fixed mindset or a growth mindset um, uh, mentality right now? Yeah. Man, um, I love the way this podcast went. And it, it's just, it's amazing how I didn't even tr keep track of the time. And, you know, I just want to get, make sure that I get, uh, you know, everything in because I want to be mindful of your time as well, too. So, um, there, I think we talked about everything here, man. And, you know, oh, we, um, you know, before we go into that, actually, um, yeah, no, we, we could save that. Um, we could do, I was, I was talking about the, I was going to do the random five with you, but I was like, man, you know what, we'll, we'll save that for another one. Cause, uh, you know, I really want to, you know, at first like acknowledge you, you know, cause like you're, you're authentic dude. Um, you, you show up, you continue to show up extremely powerfully, um, where even, even in this conversation, I'm sure you do this everywhere you go. And it, it's, it's literally, I can feel how much you care about the people around you. And, you know, I admire you for having putting in that such deep work on yourself because it, it makes you show up even deeper for others. And that right there is, is what's going to make you such a great coach in the future. And, and I see that, man. And so thank you for, for that, bro. Um, I really do appreciate you for coming on the show. Um, and so with all that said, um, how can people support you? You have a 90-day pr group program. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about what that is and how, and how people can find you. Uh, you know, obviously, in COVID times, you're not too far away. You're yeah, right, right. So you can right. find out about all my different services on my website. It's Gavin Masumiya. So G-A-V-I-N-M-A-S-U-M-I-Y-A. -I -I that shows Take Back Your Human. Um, and actually, the, the pivot that I'm going is I want to be infusing Take Back Your Human into Flowmasters, where it's going to be a, a joint package where we use the power of, of the emotive power of music to actually declare a visions for ourselves. And we go through all 10 of the modules. It's a three month program, right? We go through all 10 of the modules of from, from acceptance to is basically constructing the nuts and bolts of your life with understand a firm understanding of how flow state works and when you can marry those two together man it's so fucking powerful like so um it's a three-month program you can you can see all the information um online you can also reach out to me on uh gavin at gavin must be on instagram i'm pretty active on that and then uh one more also is uh facebook.com slash flowmasters tribe if you just write Flowmasters, uh, it'll be a Facebook group, and that's where I post different snippets where you can really see kind of like how uh, people inside of Flowmasters tribe are are benefiting from um, being a part of these virtual experiences. Uh, so there's mm -hmm. a lot of exciting things that are happening, but yeah, you can start off with uh, going on GavinMustMia.com to hear more about the different services I have. 
Perfect. Um, if you guys are watching here on YouTube, I have it scrolling across the bottom of the screen. You guys can see it on the ticker um, and get a hold of Gavin in one click. I'll put all that in the show notes as well, too, so you guys can get um, in touch with them if you guys are too lazy to type that in. Um, so we got one question, Gavin. I thank you for that, for first of all. And then uh, we got one last question here for you, and it's because my show um, is centered around this one topic of heartbreak because most people find me through a divorce, a separation, some yes. some sort of relationship. Yes. But we we talked it alluded to how you know heartbreak is kind of um, it shows yes. up in all different forms, whether it be relationships or you know death in the family or even just battling drug addiction and coming on the other side of that withdrawal. Yes, right? yes, um, yes. It's, it's very heartbreaking for people who are in this position and they don't know what to do or they don't know what to say to themselves. What would you say to someone in that situation right now? Uh, I would say for someone into that's in that kind of situation, um, one very practical thing is that there are different spaces to to actually be able to, I call it safe containers, right? To, to, for you to actually voice that. Flowmasters is one of them. Check out a virtual Flowmasters event and express it. And you know, I think there's something powerful in having release valves in our life. So, um, you know, whatever, whatever you're going through, there might be a part of a grieving process in, in this a heartbreak that you might currently be going through, whether it's romantic or in some relationship in your life, is setting up a, a safe container to express your anger, to express your sadness, like acknowledging that they're there. And when we have these containers like virtual flow masters that take place on Friday from 5 to 6, 15 p.m. PST, for instance, um, it's like it's not misappropriated if that's a word, like it's not just misdirected and it's going to be lashed out on that person, but you actually have a container to release it so that we come from a more of a place of this baseline to be like, all right, cool. Like, how do you think they might be like, you know, experiencing life right now, you know? And I think when we can let our release valve out, there's more room for compassion, which the world is in a way, I think that that's going to be one of the bigger uh, messages that we're going to get out of this whole quarantine situation is learning how to be compassionate for Black Lives Matter or for, um, you know, the different people in our life who lost loved ones. Two of my friends lost freaking fathers in the past two months due to COVID-19, you know, but like having a release valve in your life to to express these emotions that are coming up really allows will allow you to to think more about creating versus reacting but having that first so check out virtual flow masters you know um or have a little group of men uh so you say specifically men right too that you work with yeah or is it open? most most yeah i've opened it up to men and women but, okay uh, mostly men yeah so uh, if you're a man or woman that's watching it so in a safe container i would also like kind of like using a scene uh, if there's, you can form like a group that's also like for men, if you can form a men's circle, women form a women's circle to actually be able to voice it because there's something powerful for me. I've been doing over the past like two years of being a part actively evolved in men's circles and it's transformed my life. And that's not to say that co-ed circles are not valuable. They're massively valuable. And there's something powerful about having containers for both like a co-ed container, which is virtual flow masters. And I'm actually going to be integrating more of a men's container for, so we can really get deep and talk about, you know, sex and more things that are taboo that women may just not be able to relate to, just like we can't relate to that time of the month or pregnancy. We never will be able to, because we're net, we have, we'll never go through it no matter what genetically we cannot. So that's kind of like, that's just a space where I'm like, Hey, I could try to understand it, but I'm just not going to be on the same level. So same with men. And so creating these men containers, um, during this heartbreak can be massively valuable. That's what I would recommend. Love that, bro. Gavin, thank you so much for coming on the show, my man.